about panning. Um, I've been getting some interesting emails. I've been having a great conversation with a new emailer, uh, Damien, and we've been talking about a couple of things, various things, and um, I've gotten a couple emails recently about panning. And panning is such an interesting part about mixing because it seems very simple, but in fact, it can be very confusing. You know, in your brain, you think, oh, come on, you know, how much can there be? There's not, it doesn't change the tone of it necessarily a, a ton, and it doesn't change, you know, the fact if something is, um, you know, distorted or not. You know, it doesn't have any weird uh, harmonic effects. It's just a left, right, center, and somewhere in between, right? We've got a hard left and a hard right, and we've got all the space in between. So where do we put things? You know, do we, how do we designate where things go? Well, we're going to talk about different methods and what effect they have on the overall song. So without further ado, let's talk about panning. So the first thing I want to do is describe my philosophy on panning, and that is something called LCR. This comes from lots of different sources. I have learned to mix this way from reading interviews and working with certain producers and people and just trying it on my own and, and finding that it works for me and it really works for the mixes that I do, which is mainly, um, you know, modern type music. I don't do much classical music. I do rock, pop, folk, metal. LCR mixing, LCR panning is basically the idea that you have three zones, left, center and right you have hard left 100 percent left center and 100 percent right and according to dave pensato those are the sacred territories those are the only three sacred pan spots and um you know in between is a little bit pointless in some ways every now and then you do pan a couple of things off center or as mixer man might say you soft pan them um, but other than that you don't really do that the reason this works and the reason that I have found had success with it, I believe, is due to one or two things. The first thing being, I believe it limits you. It limits your decision-making, which helps in the mixing process. I really like things that limit you um, because they, they help you mix a whole lot less with your eyes and they help you mix only with your ears. The second reason I think LCR panning works really well is that it leaves all the space in between for essentially your effects to fill up, meaning your delays and your reverbs and uh, any any of your spatial effects, it essentially leaves all this space up for grabs. And it, um, you know, it, it allows that space to really be filled out by those things. And it, I know it's technically not filling it out. I know technically the reverbs are panned, you know, hard left and right as well. Um, but, you know, well, they're stereo reverbs, let's say. However, you don't listen for reverbs necessarily. You don't listen for them as a pan position. They're just kind of there, um, you know, and you can play with a lot of those things a lot more interestingly too. For example, you can have everything pan hard left, right, center and pan a delay to 50%. And all of a sudden you add a dimension there. Another interesting part about that is let's say you have a guitar that's panned uh, hard left. If you added a delay to the center of the channel, meaning just, you know, left, right, center, if you added a mono delay that's going center, you now actually add a little bit of apparent volume in the right speaker. Why? Because when you add that delay in the center, you add a dimension there. You add this sort of dimensionality. Watch your stereo bus. Look at the stereo bus when you do that. Because what that does is that now adds a little bit of level 
to the center, which creates the apparent volume of that guitar, rather than 100% left, maybe something like 75. And if it's 75% left, it's 25% right. And I know that is just like a mind bender right there. So we're going to get into this a little more in depth by talking about a mix um, and where I have things panned. We're going to listen to this mix. Um, this is a song called Little Wonders. It's a song that was recorded uh, at my studio this year. I really like how it sounds. It sounds very wide to me. It sounds very um, nice and spacious. Everything has its own space. And so we're going to take a listen to it. That's just the first like uh, minute and a half of the song, um, and I think that's a great example of a very standard rock mix. It's a piano-driven rock mix, um, but it has lots of character and lots of different sources going on. Um, I believe I've got about sixty. Let's see, fifty. What is this? Fifty-three, fifty-four tracks going on so you know not not a huge session but but a fairly big session that's about a standard size and we're going to talk about where they're panned so let's take a let's take a look at the very beginning of the song um at the very beginning we have the distorted uh room mic um it's obviously panned center as you can hear There's no reverb on it or anything. It's just got some distortion and compression on it, and it's uh, got some EQ, and there's nothing on it. So it really defines the center. One of the things I want to talk about with panning is contrast. Um, this is a great way to illustrate it. Because there is no reverb on this, because there's nothing but a single mono source, and because it's not super bright, it really creates a very narrow intro so that when everything else comes in, the mix seems super wide. Now, if I had started the mix wide, you know, maybe it wouldn't seem so wide. But because the intro starts narrow, that now creates the image that the stereo width is very wide. I'm not telling you to start all your songs with a mono intro. I'm telling you that 
that is a big part of panning too is the uh, is the illusion of space you're dealing with two speakers here so you you're always making illusions so um you know that is one way that this particular song does that is by cutting back to very mono and then going stereo very mono then going stereo it does that probably three or four times in the song and um we're only really going to listen to the first like minute and a half because you know there's no use in listening to the whole song so so as soon as everything comes in the mix seems very wide um, we've basically got overhead left, overhead right, room left, room right, kick, snare, tom one, floor tom, distorted room mic, kick outside, snare bottom, ride cymbal, behind the kit mic, um, bass DI, bass amp, piano left, piano right, um, which they say piano left and piano right, but that is not necessarily to be panned left and right. Those were a left and a right mic, but um, they were mic'd somewhat far away. And so it actually sounds very mono. It's just a left and a right mic, not left and right side of the piano. Let's clear that up. Um, we've got two electric guitars, one left and one right. Um, and then later on down the song, we have some more stuff. So let's talk about these. And then uh, we have vocals coming in. So overheads are panned hard left and right. The room mics are panned hard left and right. Now, the overheads don't have reverb, but the room mics do. This sort of creates that illusion that the... Uh, room mics have a little more space to them. Um, and the farther away you get from sources, the less, the more mono be they become. Uh, we talked about that in our drum show. And the overheads, by the contrary, are a little bright. And so what that actually does is creates the illusion of more width. The brighter sources are, the wider they seem. And that's the brighter stereo sources seem. So for example, if you had a guitar panned left and right, and then you sent them to a group and you take, took out some low end, um, those would actually seem pretty darn wide. And that's one of the, I mean, one explanation for that, I don't know if this is the primary one, but one explanation is that low end, low frequencies are very, um, they're not directional. You know, high frequencies are very directional. And so you can, that's why, you know, you can put a bass amp next to a drummer five, ten feet away from a drummer off to the one side of the stage. And it still sounds like the bass is coming from the entire stage. The stereo room mics, like I said, uh, are left and right. Then we have a kick mic, um, kick inside, which is pan center, snare, which is pan center, uh, kick outside, which is pan center, snare bottom, which is pan center. Now we have two toms, and these are interesting. I have a rack tom and a floor tom. The floor tom is panned 100% right, and the rack tom is panned 50% left. Um, this The rack tom is one of those things that I almost always pan, and it, and it depends on how many rack toms there are. I like to pan drummer perspective, and so the rack toms, if there's one or two or three or four or seven, whatever, I like to pan those because I think that's cool when fills happen. That's one of the only things that I do pan, though. So I pan the rack tom 50% left because I feel like it's very definitely at 50% and not all the way to the left. It's not to the left of the snare. Um, that much, you know, and whenever the drummer plays, it actually is only a little bit, you know, it's like right in front of the snare. It's not really, you know, if anything, it's just a little bit to the left, you know, so when you're looking at it, it doesn't even look like 50. It looks like two. Um, however, we'll talk about that in a second with the floor tom. Some people might say, why did you pan the floor tom hard right? Um, you know, because it's not necessarily the farthest thing on the kit to that side. There's symbols over there. You know, the overhead mics are over there. Why would you pan it hard right? The floor tom is more like, you know, 75% right, let's say. 
this is why soft panning a couple of things and panning very extremely even, like well, like 100% right on the floor time works. When you pan the floor tom 100% right, that's not the only place that the floor tom is. The floor tom is also in the room mics. The floor tom is also in the overheads. The floor tom is also in the mono room mic. And the floor tom uh, is in the distorted room mic. The, when I say mono room mic, I mean the behind the kit mic. There's a mic behind the kit, and then there's a distorted room mic. That floor tom is actually in five or six other mics. What that means is, in those mics, the floor tom seems to be about maybe... Let's see, in the overheads, the floor tom maybe seems to be about 50% right. In the room mics, it seems to be maybe, um, you know, 25% right. Not very hard panned. But in the distorted room mic and in the behind-the-kit mic, it seems mono because it is mono. Those are two mono sources. So what that means is you have a relative pan spot now because if you pan the floor tom mic 100% right, but then you, then you have these other parts of the kit that have the floor tom in it. That now shifts the dimension of the floor tom mic to maybe 70% right. I'll give you an example. Let me try to find a fill that has the toms. Now, if you solo up the toms, which I'm about to do, and listen to it, yes, they're very wide. That doesn't really help us when it comes to the whole mix because we got a lot more mics than that. So let me add in the tom mic, floor tom, uh, and then the overheads. Now the room mics, let's add those in. Starting to seem a lot less like hard right. I'll mute those now. Notice how the floor tom seems very right here. Now I'll add in the room mics. Now it seems like it's about 70% right, doesn't it? Let me add in the distorted room and the behind-the-kit mic. I mean, it's not all the way hard left now, or hard right. It doesn't seem like it's hard right. One thing that's in here also is a ride mic. I did the same thing with the, with the ride mic. The ride cymbal mic is 100% right. Now, because the ride cymbal is also in the overheads, no way do you get all you know thrown off and say, oh, that ride cymbal is all the way in my right ear. Um, I'll try to find a section with that. All right, so we're listening to it now, and we have the ride cymbal mic. Um, panned hard right. I'm going to add in the overheads. Done. I mean, it already shifts the dimension. The reason that it does that is because it's in the overhead mics very much, and so I add it hard right to create the clear definition, the ride symbol's over there. It's not necessarily 100% right, but it's over there. So when you add in all the other mics, let's listen to the drums by themselves. Now, does that seem like the ride symbol is hard right? No, absolutely not. It just doesn't, um, because in theory it is not. I know technically it is panned 100% right, but the relative pan position changes. This is a big deal because it really will change the way you mix. 
Um, this also leaves open all this in-between room for your reverbs and all this to fill out and all it, and it sounds great. And your stereo mic setups, like your overheads and your room mics, to really take over the pan position. So it gives you a lot of openness. Again, it also makes it easy on you. So how great is that? Um, you only have left, center, right, and then every now and then you have a couple of soft pans. I also do this a lot of times when I have bands that have an acoustic guitar frontman or a piano frontman. Sometimes I will pan them so subtly off the vocal. Um, so like the vocal will be mid will be center, and then the acoustic guitar or the piano will be like, you know, five percent right or ten percent right, no more than fifteen, just a little bit, you know, just enough to kind of give it a little bit of space. Your ear doesn't hear it as, you know, no room because when you're listening to someone, you're in a room. So what you have is these reflections from the room, right? And so you're getting all these reflections and you're not really getting, you know, this mono sound that sounds all boring and mono because your ear makes up for it by the room. However, when you stand there and listen to an acoustic guitar player, it's not like there's two guitars. It's not like there's two vo voices. I mean, there are two mono sources. You got one mouth hole and you got one sound hole. So unless you're some sort of mutant with a weird guitar. So, you know, there's no, <laughs> there's no weirdness going on. It's just you're in a room. And so that space is created by the stereo image in the room, the reflections in the room, the early reflections and the reverberation. So your ear makes it up. Our brains make that up. So let's go to the piano. This is a good time to break for the piano. Now the piano uh, has two mics, but they're pants center. So let's listen to it by itself. That piano is panned center, and the reverb, the plate reverb is stereo. Um, it's very dark, but it's stereo. That kind of gives it some space, some stereo space. The eighth note delay is mono, and the slap delay, which is 87. 87 milliseconds slap to the right, and uh, it's, it's fairly dark as well. Um, and it's and it's not being sent a lot to it, you know. I mean, you can't necessarily pick it out. This would be a lot. You know, so I turn it down to about here. So maybe on some of the louder notes, you might be able to hear it. But in general, it's it's almost inaudible. But the effect is, it gives you a little bit of dimension on the right ear, and it gives you a little bit of space over there. And that's because, like I said, I've got the electric. Electric is panned hard left. Now let's uh, let's open up this electric here. Um, I do actually have a guitar on the right that's a little bit quieter um, in the intro. The guitar on the left is panned hard left with a slap delay panned center. So here's that. Now. If I'm reading my meters, then it looks like I've got about negative six on the guitar. Uh, about negative eight, actually. And then about negative 24 on the right ear. Um, that's very quiet, but it's a dimension. That's what I was saying earlier. It gives it some space. It gives it a little bit of like breath sort of coming from a different space other than the center. Without that delay, it sounds like this. I'll mute my mic so you can hear it better. 
sounds very one-dimensional. I'll add the delay in. And I should clarify, this is something that's much, much easier to really hear on headphones or really good monitors. Um, you can make it very subtle. Basically what you're doing is giving it some width, you know, giving it some, some dimension and some, some character. And you don't have to do anything other than add that delay in the center. Um, I mean, this is, this is, these are some good mixing, mixing tips. I'm, uh, I like you guys. You guys are all right. I'm glad you're tuned in. Thank you again for tuning in. Um, all right, so... Great, we're going to talk about the other guitar. Other guitar is a little bit quieter. It looks like about three decibels quieter. Um, and there is a mono delay on it as well. So basically, yeah. Um, it's got some modulation on it, which again gives it some width and it's also in the mix pretty, pretty deep. So um, let's listen to that with the other guitar. I'll mute me. Now, by themselves, they sound like they have quite a bit, but it, it, in the mix, it doesn't do it. What it does is give you dimension. Um, I'm, so I'm telling you, you got to stop thinking about panning in terms of solo. You know, you can't pan something hard left and then solo it up and be like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. That's why, to me, left, center, right works. LCR works because I can really, I can really mess with panning delays, center, panning reverbs, panning things like that, and only having a couple of options in terms of panning and then use the rest of it to create dimension using delays and reverbs and uh, effects of all kinds. Um, so the only thing left that we haven't talked about is, I believe, bass and backing vocals. Bass is center. Simple as that. Um, the backing vocals are panned hard left and right and they're compressed fairly heavily and they have delay and reverb and all kinds of good stuff. Um, we'll listen to the vocals together. Let's, let's grab a section where we have backing vocals. Um, right here. Delays on the voice thing. You and I was something corrupting from nothing. Anyway, so that's how our vocals are set up. Now, I could pan the vocals a little closer in. I have panned backing vocals in all kinds of different spots. I've panned backing vocals hard left and right. I've panned backing vocals 50% left, 50% right. I've panned backing vocals center. I've panned them 10% left, 10% right. Um, backing vocals are one of those things I like to soft pan. I like to move them around a little bit depending on song. I usually, you know, backing vocals change. Sometimes my backing vocals are very dark. Sometimes they're very bright. In this particular one, they're a little brighter on the brighter side because I wanted it to have some width. So um, th basically, that's all of our tracks at this point in the song. There's some stuff that adds, you know, there's a couple of pieces of uh, percussion that come in. Um, there's this little transition right here that has some things hard panned right here. It's right here. This goes into the next section after that little uh, break from the first chorus. And that basically has a little weird synth thing panned hard right, and it's got some percussion panned hard left and right. And it's got a cymbal, a cymbal a sample that I just reversed and then did a swell thing. 
Um, so this is what that sounds like with the rest of the song. that's another cool way because that uh, that one weird little synth thing was panned hard right and then the guitar comes in hard left and so that again creates the illusion of width because it's a far stretch from each other again uh, if, if one of those was panned center and then it came in it might not seem as exciting but because the guitar comes in hard left and the synth was hard right it's like your ear saying wow this is all the way over here and then wow now that's all the way over here your ear makes up for that and it says um, well Obviously, this must be a wide mix. Anyway, so that is the basic approach on this song to panning. Um, and this is how I approach almost every single song. I always pan my kick, snare, and bass center. I always pan my lead vocal center. Why? Those are the most important things. Kick, snare, bass, lead vocal. Those are the most important parts. Center is your, is your big one. So the more things you pan center, that's what focus is going to be to. The piano is center. I wanted it to seem like you had a band playing and there was a good drummer with a good groove, a good bassist with a tight lock into the drummer, and the piano was playing really tight. I mean, literally, the main elements in this mix are all panned mono, um, totally center. Some of them have reverb, some of them don't, some of them have some delay. The guitars are really the only thing that's panned. The electric guitars and the, uh, let's see here, um, the backing vocals, the overheads left and right, the rooms left and right, the ride cymbals panned hard right, the floor toms hard right, and the rack tom is 50% left. Um, let's listen to it again. Now that you know all these things and you can hear that it does, it's not, it's not uh, something where you're sitting there saying, man, that, uh, you know, that ride cymbal's really far over. Um, you know, that's just, this is not <laughs> what your brain thinks. Um, in effect, it sounds very wide, it sounds very clean and crisp, and there's lots of space for every single instrument. Everything has its own place, so let's take a listen again. Keep these things in mind. talk about now that I'm listening to the vocals. Alright, so let's hear this vocal in this section now with all the effects on. Wonders Pass me by Now it sounds a little weird in solo, but again it's not about solo. Let's listen to it all in the mix in that verse. <laughs> 
this podcast has been helpful for you by giving you an example of what panning looks like in a full mix and I hope I've given you some ideas so so let's recap um, lower frequencies and more boomy sounds sound more mono um, the more low end something has the more mono it will bring it the less low end something has the more stereo it will bring it um, another thing I prefer LCR mixing I'm showing you this because you know I want you to experiment with your own. You can try LCR mixing. You can soft pan everything. For many years, I was panning things just whatever. You know, I would pan things 61% left and just kind of wherever it sounded right. I would move the pan pot around and I would, you know, listen for a spot where I felt like, you know, oh, I want that there. What I found is that the mixes never seemed to be balanced enough. Um, and that's because left, center, right with a couple of soft pans really doesn't give you much error for balancing the stereo spectrum. I mean, it really doesn't. So, you know, if you have one guitar on the hard left, why would you put the other one 50 right? Well, maybe there's um, like an organ panned um, that's louder on the right side. Well, then maybe you could pan the other guitar 50% right. It's all a balancing game. Um, Mixing is so much about volumes, pans, and, you know, the balances between things than it is about EQs and, and all those things. I mean, having the right balance is going to give something lots of character. And so I have my guitars left and right, my piano center, my bass center, my kick center, my, you know, lots of things. Um, lead guitars, lead, you know, lead instruments, um, backing vocals, some toms, you know, those things I soft pan every now and then and, and usually end up doing. Particularly, like I said, if there's a drummer with lots of toms. Or if you've got uh, different backing harmonies. Like, if, let's say, for example, I had a three-part harmony. I might pan them uh, 50 left, center, and 50 right. Um, the one that would be center would probably be the one that's farthest away from the vocal. So probably the fifth or maybe even the octave. You know, I, wh one thing I don't understand is how I, I'll see people pan stuff like 80% left and 80% right. Um, and I guess their theory is that by putting things 80% left and 80% right, that, that makes them, you know, that gives some extra width, supposedly, on the reverb. But like we were talking about earlier, reverb is not a particularly wide thing. It's a very um, dense thing. Like, it, it takes up between the left and the right, but it doesn't really have a lot of out-of-phase information or, like, super wide information. And generally... Like we said, because of the tonality of them, reverbs are generally not super, super bright. Only really bright reverbs are going to seem wide. Darker reverbs and, you know, more standard, natural-sounding reverbs are going to sound more like center-based. They're not going to be very mono, but they're going to be center-based. So, you know, delays are pretty wide. You know, you can pan delays hard left and right and make them brighter, and they can get pretty wide. Now, I mean, there's lots of leeway on these things, and there are no rules. There's no rules to any of this. So if you feel like experimenting, you completely experiment. Anyway, think about all these things. Consider how they affect you. Consider what it means for your mixing. And consider 
the whole, you know, dark, bright concept and left and right concept with dimension and adding dimension and, you know, realizing that if you, you know, pan something hard left and then pan your reverb send hard right, you've added dimension to it. You've added definite dimension without having to pan anything strange and you get the space you want, you get the clarity you want because the reverb isn't all over the place. That's another great thing about this is that you get clarity by by panning something in a very definite spot. 50 left, 50 right, 100% left, 100% right. That's very obvious spot. And again, it goes back to that whole idea about balances, meaning things have a space and you're not competing between, you know, let's say you have 20 tracks and some of them are like 33 left and others are like 61 right and 72 right and and you know 80 left and all these random spaces. Balancing is going to be very difficult. And it's going to seem kind of like a smear across. It's not going to seem like, you know, guitar left, piano center, guitar right, backing vocals 50 left and 50 right, lead vocal center. You know, it's going to seem very difficult to find a balance using all of these miscellaneous pan spots. There was a test done at a college once where students were supposed to hear um, when it was halfway in between left and right. The professor said... Um, Close your eyes and raise your hand when it is hard left and, you know, when it's between hard left and center. And what he concluded after doing all these tests is that almost everyone stopped him at like 89% left and higher. Some people didn't even stop him until 100 left. Some people, it had been on 100 left and he hadn't been panning at all. And he said, I don't, still don't think it sounds 100 left. Most people couldn't even really tell a difference. With their eyes closed, they couldn't really even tell a difference between center and left. That's all they heard, center, left, and right. They didn't hear all these, I mean, the little spaces in between were kind of there, um, you know, but you didn't really even notice it as a different spot. That's why I feel like there are truly only three pan positions and then a couple of in-betweens um, just for making, for sake of making room. Um, you know, 50 left and 50 right are pretty much my first choices. And every now and then, a little bit off-center. Um, some people also like to do that with snare drum. Some people like to do that with uh, acoustic guitar. Some people like to do that with sometimes piano, sometimes... Uh, like shaker or something, uh, but generally, that's my philosophy, and um, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, I hope this has helped you gain insight into how panning is not just about panning as well. It's about panning versus volume versus you know what's on the left ear versus what's in the right ear. Um, you know how do you pan this because this is panned this way, and what delays or reverbs or effects might you add differently because something is panned to the left. This show was uh, a lot of fun to do. I'm glad, I hope this has helped you guys make better mixes. Just a reminder, I do freelance mixing and mastering over the internet, the wonderful world of the cloud. Uh, I've had people send me some tracks, um, even recently, from podcast listeners. And I've mixed them or mastered them. And I love to do that. So if you are interested in that or have any questions about anything regarding mixing or if you have any uh, things you want me to talk about or whatever. My email is recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com. I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for tuning in.